Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, let's get this party started, shall we? Drop the subject. Allie Johnson, Jarrett Hill, Emmy the producer. She just waved. So radio friendly. <laughs> and we have an exciting show for you as usual. <laughs> That's like, when, like being in a studio audience. They tell you, like, if they ask a question, don't raise your hand, clap. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no one can see you raising your hand. That's so funny. <laughs> but I do like the, I, I do like it. You're bringing the mime world to, to light again. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, today we will be doing the gay MA because it is Wednesday after all. So we have questions to ask each other about being gay in this world. And we also will be playing, I guess, a sort of impromptu game. Uh, called Guess That Ghost Writer, because there are a lot of songs out there that you think that the person wrote, especially if they are a songwriter themselves, and that's how they came up in the music industry. But then you see, I mean, we looked through this list, and there's actually a lot of surprises on it. You have actually been through the list. I have just taken a little peeksie. Oh, you looked at it. Just barely. You cheated. No, I didn't cheat. You cheated. Jarrett, you have to remember, I have a 30-second memory. Yeah, fair I'm enough. not okay. going to remember, and it happened yesterday. <laughs> it's all gone. This is a clean slate. Fair enough. We could play it. We could play it. We could have played it last night, and you wouldn't have remembered. We could play this again tomorrow, and it will all be new for me. Uh, but Justin, Ginger Justin, is hard at work prepping upstairs, and he's going to find a couple of songs that will throw us off a little bit. So that he's going to play a song, and we have to guess whether the artist wrote it or whether they had a ghostwriter. Nice. And yes. I guess you will not be playing because well, I, you already have seen them. I thought I was... We'll figure out how it works. You know, Justin's the game producer around here, okay. so... Yeah. And uh, you went to the dentist yesterday, which is one of the things I know I get reminded to do on my email all the time. They're like, hey, it's time for your next checkup. And I'm like, delete. So... So you actually did it. Are you one of those people who's afraid of the dentist? Yeah. I have anxiety every time I go to the dentist because I had a dentist it, as a kid that was just very, like... Uh, I was almost going to say his name, but I'm not going to say something. Something nice about him so I shouldn't I shouldn't but he was just very like aggressive um and not like friendly and so aggressive in personality or aggressive with the scalp with the hand um I would say in personality and kind of with the 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 tools as well and he just wasn't like a friendly kind guy and I've I've had dentists since then dentists since then that Your are, teeth look great when you say that thank you um that have been just much kinder and I was like oh dentists can be nice. You know what I mean? I have had and a nice dentist, and I tell you, makes a world makes of difference. Makes a world of difference. Yeah, this this female dentist that I had, she was amazing. Uh, Kevin and I had the same one. We would talk about her all the time, every time. We were, like, well, skipping to the place to get a checkup. Well, so, I... Last year, I had a dentist, a different dentist, um, and, like, it was the best cleaning I'd ever had, but, like, it just wasn't working out schedule-wise, so I have a, I've gone to a different one. And I got there, and the last dentist I saw, they made me feel so terribly, though. Like, it was a, a great cleaning, but then the dentist came in, the hygienist was great, and then... The dentist came in and was like, oh, you have a cavity um, and you're probably going to need a root canal and you're going to have a lot of sensitivity in this tooth. And she made me feel like I should just rip out my whole mouth and start over. Well, and I was like really upset about that. And I was like, it's going to be expensive. I will say that I think dentists in general are all or nothing. 
like they'll either come in and say everything is amazing, your teeth are so great, you have there, you know, you don't have any cavities, you just keep taking care, maybe like get a little rum roar around the edges, but everything's great. Or they'll walk in and be like, your whole mouth needs to be removed. The whole we're gonna rip it out. We're actually gonna need to do a mouth transplant. The whole thing. <laughs> so pick your mouth from exactly. this binder. Exactly. So the dentist yesterday, she comes in after like X-rays and all this kind of stuff, and she's like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the seven has a ABLF6. The nine has a, you know, they're yeah. like reading off codes. I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. I think they do that on purpose so they don't like scare you or whatever. But she was like going through and like seeing like the fillings that had and all that. And then she, uh, after like naming off all this different stuff and I'm like horrified, she goes, huh, okay. You're actually not cavity prone. Um, You do have one cavity here we have to fill and da da da. And like, but otherwise I'm pretty happy. And I'm, I was like, how Wait, can you be happy? Well, I was like, this is like the whole idea of like getting second opinions, right? And so I was, I went in here, I had anxiety all day yesterday before going in. And then she's like, yeah, I mean, other than filling this cavity, I feel like things are pretty great. And I was nervous the whole time. And now I come out of it and I'm like, I don't know what to believe. Because the oh, last dentist told me so that the that last, I a whole mouth transplant. The last dentist that you saw was the guy that was a jerk. Well, the, who was the, the guy that was a jerk? The guy that was a jerk. I haven't seen him in years. Okay, but like got it. the last lady was nice, but like they made me so nervous after the the session, and I then I was like, oh well, I need to get a, another opinion or whatever. And this dentist was like so starkly different. I'm like, I don't even know what to believe. Like, yeah. well, I. <clears throat> I have okay? a piece of cracker you're, you're yeah, right in my mouth. Yes, I'm fine. Oh, that's that soy cracker from Monday. That's yes, just I don't know the, why there's the just random here. bags still here because it's dangerous, literally. <laughs> but <laughs> I would not recommend, here's something that's actually even worse than going to a bad dentist, going to a dentist school to get something that oh. you need done. Because I have done that when I was very, very poor and just out of college. I had a horrible, horrible tooth pain. And I was like, but I have no insurance and no money to actually get this fixed. And then somebody told me about a dental college. Mm. And I was like, great, let's do that. I was there for six hours. Where was this? This was in New York. Oh. I had so much paperwork I had to fill out. And then I had a bunch of students looking into my mouth and saying, oops, a lot. And oh. then Finally, uh, uh. yeah, and then eventually at the very end, like in the sixth hour, the teacher came in and was like, all right, you're done. See you later. And I was like, oh, God, this was the worst. But it was free. Six hours? It was it was terrible. And it was a lot of, I mean, you know how there are bad dentists out there who actually are dentists and yeah. they have their own practice. Yeah. Think how bad a dental student oh, is when they don't even know that your canine B7 needs to be filled. Well, this, <laughs> your canine B7. This, the other thing that happened yesterday that was interesting to me is I've never had a dentist. <clears throat> Why are we both like dying? Do you want a here? cracker? I think that would make it worse. Um, I think that I've never had a dentist before that schedules cleanings and fillings like separately. Like, in the past when I've had fillings, they did it all in one setting. So now I'm like, I have two different dates for a, a cleaning and a filling. And I'm like, oh God, and I have like two more days like to be anxious and like to be nervous. And I was, I, I came out of it really feeling like I didn't know what to think about my dentist appointment. Like I loved the lady. She was like very kind and like gentle and like explaining things in ways that dentists never really have for me. But then I was like, but this other dentist told me that, you know, all of these other problems. And I was just, I don't know. I feel like getting a second opinion is a good thing to be able to have another perspective. But then you go to the doctor and they tell you something that's like directly contradictory to another one. It's like, 
do I get a third opinion? Did you like, guys go to the same school? What right. is going on? Yeah. Why are they completely different, different technology? Yeah. Um, did they give the, here's the big question, million dollar question. Did they give you a lollipop, a toothbrush? Um, no, I had told her I had just bought a new um, electric toothbrush. Do they still do that? They I still think give they you do. See, that is, I and mean, we talk about pla- you know plastic straws being a big waste. That plastic why are toothbrush? we giving out free plastic toothbrushes when nobody uses those anymore? Yeah, I think kids use them, right? Don't the kids? I use mean, those? I guess if it has like. An Incredibles figure on it. I was going to say, like, what are the kids watching these days? Yeah, like if it's like Lilo and Stitch. Is that too Lilo antiquated? and Stitch? I feel like wow. the dentist's office would have like a just, wow. just Lilo non-trendy. and Stitch? Because it was like from 10 years ago. They have the same Ten bag years ago? How many years ago is that? 20 years no, ago. No, it's not. You Allie, look that up. Allison Johnson. I'm not that far behind. Stand by. I'm looking right now. I'm on the Google machine. Lilo and Stitch premiered in theaters in, ready for this, uh, 2002. Okay, so it has been 15 years. More yes. Than, more than that. That's cool. Yeah. That, if they have Lilo and Stitch toothbrushes, I'd ask them how long they've been sitting there. Uh, they're collector's <laughs> items. They are. All right. More Drop the Subject on the way. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, Allie and Jarrett here with you for Drop the Subject, and we're about to get into something that's been a trending story all morning. The buck has stopped for Ed Buck, one of the Democratic fundraisers that a lot of people know because of his LGBTQ activism and his uh, his uh, activism his activism. Uh, on behalf of the Democratic Party, and he has just been arrested for basically operating a drug den. Well, it says he uh, he was charged with one count each of battery, uh, causing serious injury, administering methamphetamine, and maintaining a drug house, um, according to the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. Ed Buck has been uh, in the news in the past couple of years, and earlier this year specifically, for having two different black men die in his house because of overdoses from methamphetamines and in both instances the he has preyed on uh people who were either poor or you know experiencing addiction and things like that possibly homeless and possibly homeless um bringing them into his home have seemingly having sex with them, shooting them up with drugs and just like all kinds of like ridiculous things and then always seeming to get away with it. And most recently this happened again. It says the latest this comes from the LA Times. It says the latest victim identified in court papers as Joe Doe went to Buck's apartment on September 4th where Buck personally and deliberately, quote, um, administered a large dose of methamphetamine. Concerned he was suffering an overdose, the man left the apartment to get medical help. He returned to Buck's apartment on September 11th when Buck again injected him with, quote, two dangerously large doses of methamphetamines. Prosecutors say Buck thwarted the man's attempts to get help. The man eventually fled the apartment and called 911 from a gas station. He was taken to a hospital for treatment. Sheriff investigators found hundreds of photographs in Buck's home of men in compromising positions. See, I don't know why people... It's like, if you're... When I read this, I was like, oh, maybe... Maybe it's one of those situations where he's just, I mean, before I had actually read all the details, I was like, oh, maybe he just like has a, a house where 
everyone's part. It's like a party house, right? Everyone's just doing drugs there. But then you read these details and you see them, you know, the district attorney's office describes this guy as a violent, dangerous sexual predator. And you look at the facts and the, the overdoses and the deaths and you go, no, this guy wasn't just having like a party house. Like this was his lair. No, where this he is... was baiting people and then taking advantage of them. Yeah, it's allegedly. not a party house by any stretch. Of, I mean, it could be that too. But like, Ed Buck, the problem with this is that you've had two people dead in your house from this behavior. You've never been arrested for this. You've not gone to jail. You've not gone through the court process because you're a rich white man living in West Hollywood and you can get away with whatever you want because you're a political donor and you have all these high-powered friends. But in the article, I, I highlighted this because I thought it was interesting. It says, Los Angeles County coroner's officials said they that had concluded that Moore, who died uh, earlier this year in his house, uh, died from an accidental methamphetamine overdose in Buck's apartment, which was littered with drug paraphernalia, including 24 hypodermic needles and five oh. glass pipes. Paramedics, skipping ahead, it says paramedics found more naked on a mattress in the living room. They ruled Moore's death an accident and an initial uh, review by sheriff's deputies found nothing suspicious. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, you you find this man dead and naked. You find needles all over the place in glass pipes, but, like... And you're like, nothing here. suspicious here. Like, this is something that happens to rich, powerful white people all the time. And, like, the fact that there's a dead black body lying on a mattress... Oh, well, you know. I would also think that WeHo, if WeHo could talk, would say that meth was definitely beneath it. I... It's, it's just like I would think like when I, I think, think of so. West Hollywood, I, I think, think of like rich like I think of like cocaine. I don't think oh, of I meth. Don't. I think people are doing every single kind of drug in West Hollywood, including meth. Like people are doing all kinds of like crazy ass drugs and doing all kinds of stuff. And like the the fact that this man has had two people dead in his house and continues to do this. Um, this just kind of speaks to like the privilege that comes along with like being someone like him that you're not even afraid to continue doing this in your house. Well, it seems like it's catching up to him now. Bail has been set at $4 million. And I wonder also what these neighbors think, because some of the neighbors, they said they were so happy to see him arrested. To, to know that your neighbor is doing something like this or to suspect that your neighbor is doing something like this and be like, I think that that guy, Ed Buck, is running a drug den next door. Like, how do you handle but that? What do of, you do? How many of them have called 911 on him? Like, this is another instance, like, where... We just like repeatedly see black and brown folks getting like the police called on them for the most frivolous... Ooh, I almost said another word. Uh, frivolous things and... Something yeah, but like you this don't, is maybe happening. they did call the police. Ma- maybe they have, but like he's never been arrested for this. Like, I-, I have to keep reiterating: two people were dead in his house because of what they were doing with him. And like this, like he he stands to to um, be in prison for five years and eight months if convicted on these uh, charges. But like again, two people are dead. You know what I'm saying? And this third person could have died as well. So um, you know, a, a big finger in the middle for Ed Buck, and I I don't wish anything good for him. I really don't. Sucks that there's crappy people on both ends of the spectrum, you know? I What do you mean? Like there are crappy people on the right and crappy people on the left. Oh, yes. There's that. <laughs> there's crappy people everywhere. Everywhere you look. Everywhere and in between. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're doing the gay MA. I got a question. She's got one. That's up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, if you ever had a question in your mind about whether or not you were listening to a gay radio station, that song should have cleared everything up. Oh my gosh. Drop the subject. Yep. 
Allie Johnson and Jared Hill, and let's get even gayer if we can, if we can, if it's even possible. I don't even know where that's going. I don't know. I all of a sudden now I have this Cosmo in my hand. I don't even know how that just happened. It just no, appeared out lesbian. of nowhere. You'd have to have like a beer, like a like a something really <laughs> like hard. Like a Coors. Like a like a not a Bud Light. That'd be gay, right? I don't know anything. You think about a beer. Bud Light is gay? Isn't it like a light beer supposed to be like more gay? Like friendly? fruity? I don't know. Like I know <laughs> nothing about beer. I'm well, I pretend. do think we should. Uh, I think a good conversation to have in the future is what is the gayest alcohol? Like what is the gayest and straightest drink? Um, gayest drink. I'm always like I always need something that's going to be sweet. Like it needs to taste good. I like I can't do like the bitter. Like that's why I don't like beer. Like beer just has never tasted good to me. Yeah, see, I'm totally opposite. Yeah. I want something that tastes like bitter urine. tears i always feel like beer Straight tastes like tears. fermented urine i'm just like <laughs> what is it i had a boyfriend that like he loved beer and like every time we went out to different places he wanted me to try his beer i was like yep still tastes like crap and wow. like we would try flights of beer do so, you like wine uh i'm okay with wine i'm much more of a cocktails person so you're not going to go to a winery and go wine tasting uh, maybe but like i'm not like thrilled about it yeah but they say the more wine and beer you drink the more you like it so you just have to keep drinking. Yeah. At least I'm that's a, what my alcoholic friend told me. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, exactly. Like, I'm not a big fan of like, I don't like this thing, so I'm going to keep doing it until I do. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But breweries really. are so fun when you get used to them. Yeah. I don't like being around a bunch of drunk people. It gets annoying to me. It's time for the game <laughs> That was a nice preemptive game conversation. Okay. Nice. But I have a question for you. Okay. Can I go first? Go for it. All right. So just to catch you up, if this is your first time listening, this is the segment of the show when we get to ask, it's like an ask me anything, but okay. the gay version. And I get to ask Jarrett any, any question I like, and Jarrett gets to ask me something. It's a way for us to get to know each other a little better. And for you to get to know us. Yeah. You at home. And if you have a question the for the game, you can always tweet them at us at DTS show or direct message us on Instagram at DTS show. Jarrett, when you do go out and meet people, do you feel pressured to be DTF? Because it seems that in a lot of, I, I think that we, I've talked about this before with several other gay guys where we discuss like oh there's a lot big more of a hookup culture Mm -hmm. among gay men than women like if i was down to move in that would be my version (laughs) down to move in but i feel like there's this there might be a pressure among two guys if they meet at a bar or even if they meet on a dating app or something to rush to sex really quickly and do you feel that pressure and if you do what do you do about it do I feel the pressure like out in social settings to like want to hook up right to, immediately? To like hook up immediately, yeah. If they're like, "Hey, what's up? Do you want to like go to my place?" and you're like, "No," and they're like, "Okay, well, screw you." Like, do you get a reaction if you're not DTF? Um, not as much as I did when I was younger. I feel like in our like our dating social scenes like nowadays, I feel like more people I, I talk to um, just kind of like want to meet and connect first. Like, it, it's always interesting to me like. Uh, on dating apps where people are like want to cuddle or they want to like meet someone and like get to know them um, and yeah, I, but that's I code for that, hookup isn't it no I don't I think well for some people it is but like it's interesting to me the language that gets used around that because I don't really ever feel pressure to have sex with someone if I don't want to um, and like I, even recently like I was on a first date and it was good and we had like a good like sexual chemistry or whatever but I was like I'm not going to be hitting this like I'm not 
having sex with him tonight regardless like I just didn't want to but then um, do you feel ner- like do you feel like oh I want to see this guy again but he probably is going to be put off by the fact that I don't want to hook up no okay not at all yeah I don't I feel like if if it's that important to you then we probably don't need to unless I'm like looking to hook up like if it's a hookup situation then like I don't need to know much about you so there's sometimes when you just want to hook up yeah but if I'm like on a date I'm probably not going to hook up with you on the first date but I, I don't have like a rule against it but like I'm just not like it's just it's not my MO anymore but if they take you out for tacos well, probably we go. gonna give it up I think you're gonna get whatever you want <laughs> um, we're gonna take a quick break when we come back gay and make continues don't go anywhere drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel Q Drop the subject. The new channel Q. This three just, and a half minutes? We have three and a half minutes. Let's get right to it. All right. Okay. I hope this doesn't come across as a stupid question. But Ooh, I get I but this wait. is supposed to be a safe space. I love stupid for, questions. For GMA. This is part two of the GMA. Yes, welcome back. We're in the GMA where um, she gets asked a question, I get to ask a question, and you get to learn a little bit more about us. So I remember in college hearing about like the girls' dorms, like everyone syncing up in their their cycles and i think about lesbians and i'm like oh it's like women living together does that happen and does it have like an impact on your relationship you know actually they cancel each other out and we don't get periods really yeah she's like our periods learn that we were lesbians and like what's the point so to become one (laughs) uh the answer is it depends on how strong the woman's like cycle is. So the, it doesn't. It's not like an automatic thing. Like women in the same. No, space. there are some people that have unpredictable periods, and okay. so like even if you're hanging out in a dorm room, you're like, oh no, we've synced up. <laughs> so yeah. funny. But there are some people that just always have it on the same day, no matter what. Like Katie and I have been together ten years. We don't have the same. Oh really? No. She just gets it on together. the same day every single year, and mine's just like all over the place. You've been living together for how long? We've been living together uh, probably like five. Interesting. Yeah, five years. But do you have other lesbian friends who are synced up? I don't really have a lot of other lesbian friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> Noted. No, I mean, I know most of my friend circle is female, so I guess... But then the females that I know that live together don't... I mean, we don't really talk about like whether or not Our we're synced are, up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't really do cycle talk that much, but... Because well, there's this image of like women on their periods and like what they're like during their period time. And so I was thinking, like, I wonder... One, we know that that's not all true, but like, I'm like, how would that have an impact in a relationship with two women if like you're both going through those cycles and and having emotions or like strong pains or things like that? So, well, I think that uh, like with Katie and I, we have ours within a week of each other. So if we there's like a two to three day window where we're kind of in sync with how we feel, and those are the days that we watch The Notebook. <laughs> You just watch emotional things. We just watch the notebook over and over again. Okay. Yeah, but we have different symptoms. Like Katie will be like, My boobs hurt and I'm like, I'm grumpy. Uh-huh. And she'll be like, I have a headache and I'm like, My stomach hurts. So we have different things. Interesting. But we definitely both feel I, I definitely feel more emotional. Yeah. No matter what. Okay. And I don't that's what is like the time clock for me. Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling super irritable towards every single person right now I'm probably about to get it about it's about to hit it's about to hit yeah um unless you know you're late and you get pregnant but I will say yes exactly which we've been trying we're just not being careful 
<laughs> but I will say that what's nice about living with another woman is that you save money on on uh, tampons because you can buy, buy the Costco. Bulk. Oh yeah, we oh, buy yeah. in bulk. We buy those big supers. Okay, big. Just XL supers. Heavy flow. Like, just, just really uh, soak everything up. You said that like you're sharing them or something. Like, <laughs> that's awful. Oh, Lord. I'm cheap, but I'm not that cheap. I was going to say, yikes. <laughs> news coming it up, or lose it. Coming yeah. up next is News It or Lose It. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. The mic would come on right as I clear my throat. All right. Here we go. We've cleared our throats one too many times. And it is News It or Lose It time. I have five headlines in front of me. You have five votes to cast and you news and lose whatever you choose, Jarrett. Mm -hmm. Headline number one. Guy comes up with a gender neutral version of daddy and it probably will not catch on. Interesting. Yes. Headline number two. You know what they say, a beer a day keeps diabetes away. Diabetes. First of all, where are you from? Diabetes? I will uh, now and always say diabetes. <laughs> Headline number three. The world's first vagina museum is opening, and I hope there's some air freshener in it. <laughs> oh, God. This sounds like a story that you just really, really want to happen. So because I'm generous... Oh, for jokes alone. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Headline number four, texting your ex is only okay in these four situations. I was literally going to put this in my news it. Oh. Go for it. Ding. Headline number five, finally, township board rejects solar panels for being too shiny. Oh, Jesus. Lose it. Okay. So we are newsing the Lose following. <laughs> Guy comes up with a gender neutral version of daddy. Probably won't catch on. The world's first vagina museum. And texting your ex is only okay in these four situations. I would argue that one of the situations is, hey, do you want to go with me to the Vagina Museum? <laughs> Jesus We're going to get into the stories Big right after this. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to the new Channel Q's Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie. We are... Just about to jump into News or Lose It, but first, we want to let you know you can find us everywhere on the social medias at DTS Show uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Tweet us. Let us know about what you, what you think about the stories. And also, um, after the show's over, if you've missed anything, because I'm sure you missed something, you can find us wherever your podcasts are, whether it's on Spotify, on Apple, Music, Apple uh, Podcasts, wherever you go, you can get the podcast and catch up on everything that you missed. But now, it's time for News It or Lose It. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right. Before we get started, uh, we just got a tweet from Chris Contreras. Um, <laughs> it says, hashtag diabetes. Hashtag diabetes. And it's a, there's a gif. It's it's funny. Hey, Chris, thanks for listening. Is it that man with the mustache? It is. Wilford Brimley says, yes, he watch is. out for diabetes. <laughs> But he should drink a beer. If he drinks a beer a day, he might not have the diabetes. Allegedly. Allegedly. But we will never know. No, because you lost that story, and many people probably have the diabetes. Now, because of me. Because of you. Because of me. All right, now, let's first? talk about the world's first vagina museum, shall we? Uh, I, I, They're I having so. a big opening. Big opening wow. of the Vagina Museum. Big, wide opening. I hope it is. Gaping wide open. I hope it, there's a lot of ventilation. 
Um, I don't know. Let's read this together because I purposely have surprised myself to see exactly what is in this vagina museum. When I hear the words vagina museum, I think about walking through hallways saying, oh, this is Susan B. Anthony's vagina. Lord. These are pubes from the 70s. Oh, God. What have I gotten myself into? Wow. This is the thong that Madonna wore in her Like a Prayer video. It's never been washed. Let's find out what's really in this thing. So, when Florence Schechter discovered that there was a penis museum in Iceland, but no vagina museum anywhere in the world, she was like, this is BS. Um, She said that there's no physical space wholly dedicated to (laughs) vagina. To vaginas. Holy is pun intended there. And uh, the people who have them. So she decided that there was only one thing to be done. She should make one. So she set about creating the Vagina Museum. It all started with a pop-up. Two and a half years later, it's an actual vag museum. Now, is it a pop-in? It's it, a pop-in. It's a pop-and-lock. Just it's, the tip? It's, uh, no, never. <laughs> the first exhibition will be called Muff Busters. I want to go to this okay. so bad. You know what? I'm going to step outside and let you finish this story. debunk <laughs> some of the most pervasive and problematic myths surrounding the notorious VAG. Because vaginas are amazing, she says. There is a wonderful variety out there and diversity in what makes this world beautiful. Vaginas are not talked about enough. And why is that? I mean, it is true people feel like they can talk about penises a lot. Penis size, shape, orientation. But vaginas, we don't talk about as much. Yeah. Um, I, I, we saw this piece of art yesterday, uh, or it's a poster, I guess, for an organization that is women's uh, health focused. And it just says vagina, vagina, vagina. And it says, like, why can't we say this word? It's like it's a body part. You know what I mean? It, so, yeah, I think there's definitely like a lot of stigma around female genitalia as opposed to men's. Yeah, it looks like this is opening up, not in <laughs> the not U.S., but it up. is really opening up. They're going to spread their doors. Mm, yeah, uh, let's see. Let's find out what's in here. The museum will launch an outreach program as well, supporting healthy and inclusive sex and relationships education, and will work with doctors and medical professionals to offer services and support the trans and intersex communities. Nice. How lovely. All right. The Vagina Museum will be located uh, London. Damn it! There is no minimum age requirement. Well, good. I mean, children have vaginas, too. Yes, they do. They should be able to come learn about that's, it, too. That's, yeah, that's very, great. very true. All right. Let's move on to the gender-neutral way to say daddy, according to this person on Twitter. I'm guessing it's not zaddy. It's not. That's what I was thinking. I was like, well, it's got to be zaddy. But this person... That's the and this age-neutral. Is an actual... You know what? I think that this might be sex-related and you not think? actual daddy-related. Oh, tell me more. So this girl, Chloe, on Twitter, she has sent a viral tweet. Everyone's talking about this now. She says, saying yes, daddy, is boring, overused, and it reinforces patriarchal ideas. But saying... Any guesses? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to rack my brain. Yes, chef. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's cool, it's inventive, and it's gender neutral. This is one of your people. And a lot of people say, oh, let me click on it. It's Chloe with an accent aigu. With a what? Uh, Yes, she is white and she has bangs. Okay. I think we all knew this. Thanks so much, Chloe. We really appreciate your contribution to the world. Okay, but I think that if we switched it from daddy 
if we sh- if switched from if we interchanged chef and daddy, we would have amazing things like Daddy Boy RD. I, I'm, I'm giving you nothing on that. I'm just gonna let that sit there. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you really you can watch shows me like one. Iron Daddy. No, I. Oh, that that would probably be on some premium cable. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to pay extra for those scenes. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared Hill. Allie Johnson's over there. We're in the middle of News It or Lose It. And literally as we went to break, I saw a headline that was breaking and my mouth dropped open. So we're going to pause for just a moment. We're going to get to the the instances in which you should and shouldn't reach out to your ex in a moment. But this headline grabbed my attention. Kevin Spacey accuser dies in midst of sexual assault lawsuit. Right? So first of all, remember Kevin Spacey had the accuser in Massachusetts, right? That they were in a club and he said like he like accosted him or whatever. That case ended because the accuser stopped responding and he stopped played, cooperating. He pled the fifth. Well, he he stopped cooperating with the the investigation yeah, like and just kind of testify. like disappeared, right? Never and so like that that case was dropped. This is a completely different case that I didn't even know existed. So it says an anonymous massage therapist who claims to have been sexually assaulted by Kevin Spacey has died, according to a notice filed in court by the actor's attorneys. The individual suing as John Doe filed claims in September of 2018 with the allegation of being forced to grab the actor's genitals twice during a massage two years earlier at a private residence in Malibu. In May, a federal judge in California allowed the case to move forward, despite Casey's objection that the plaintiff's identity was being shielded. This goes on to say that um, that the plaintiff and there's two other accusers as well that are being represented by the same lawyer. Um, that so that guy in Massachusetts is one of many. One of many, right, because this is completely unrelated to Massachusetts. Okay, but now the guy, the masseuse guy's dead? The masseuse guy is dead. It says, how did he die? He it, Well, they, they aren't disclosing how he passed away. It says, no further detail is provided and a request um, to the plaintiff's attorney for more information has not been answered. Spacey... Spacey um, uh, it says now just a month after the parties came to a, a plan for proceeding in this lawsuit that derailed prospective pros, that detailed prospective discovery and envisioned a seven to 11 day trial. The plaintiff's attorney has informed Spacey that the client has recently passed. It's crazy to me. Um, the other interesting part of this, it says the John Doe lawsuit subsequently represented the most significant legal situation for Spacey, who's been accused of sexually improper conduct against multiple individuals in this case as detailed in a joint report filed in august plaintiff's lawyer represented to the court two other alleged masseur victims of spacey expressing quote their concern for their safety and do and or do not want their names revealed publicly in the media because of that see that's what that's why i don't like to get a massage at home or at a private residence because yeah, yeah because you're in you're in a private situation where there's not they're not always other people around yeah whether it's the person who's getting massaged or the 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 massage therapist if you're a massage therapist you're going to someone's home for their to to give them a private massage Ooh, Mm -hmm. it's in a malibu house it's so you know relaxing and you know you go there and and you can give them a massage on the beach or on a balcony overlooking the ocean or whatever but you're also in somebody's house that you've never met before or somebody who's a big high profile celebrity who might mistreat you yeah and then who you know you're in a situation where you're alone with that person so, and it might be sketchy. This person 
like was really adamant about their their identity being kept secret but that kind of makes this even more interesting it says the lawsuit could continue by the heirs of John Doe though the issue of anonymity provides a complicating wrinkle to show standing to sue their heirs would likely have to identify the deceased accuser after getting a green light to administer his state in probate court a judge might also be less inclined to protect the privacy of, uh, Someone who's of an interest of the deceased it's so wild well and then it also makes you think about Yes, we knew we everybody knew about the allegations against him in Massachusetts, but that there are not just with Kevin Spacey. There are so many people being accused of other things that we don't even get to see in the news that they're that they haven't even been brought to light. And so you see something like the Kevin Spacey thing and you think to yourself, oh, well, because I know Kevin Spacey was one of my favorite actors. I loved Kevin Spacey. And then when I heard that, I was like, oh, man. And I don't there was a little voice in my head that was like, well, maybe it was just, you know, the wrong like mixed signals or this or that. And then you don't know these other things that it's not his first time being accused and that all of these other instances have been handled under the radar. Yeah, Kevin Spacey is one of those folks who like people kind of murmur about like, oh, you know, he likes young boys or, oh, he's been doing this with other actors and like they've, you know, kind of like had like a a ring of people around them. Um, This is just like really shocking. I mean, and, and I mean, this doesn't really matter in like the court of law, but like, I can't not think of Kevin Spacey as as Frank Underwood from uh, from. Well, and he released of, a video like, as Frank Underwood when exactly. that happened, and which so, was like, the weirdest thing because you were like, so oh, weird. Okay, it was like, well, wrong thing to lean into, buddy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to so, lean into this completely morally <laughs> vicious, effed up. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, character. the idea that like Frank Underwood's accuser just like turns up dead. It's just I I can't separate that from my mind think of season two the train incident she's i mean talk about most shocking moment on television yes i did not see that coming where was this guy who was he i mean there's a lot of questions so many questions okay when we come back we will talk about the times when you should call your ex but i had to jump in with that that text text your ex excuse me um i had to jump in with this because this is so crazy yeah that's crazy i can't wait to hear more all right news it or lose it when to text your ex and when not to that's on deck don't go anywhere Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. We are inside News It or Lose It. <laughs> Allie's got... Deep inside. Deep inside. Uh, we just got done talking. There was a vagina museum joke there, but I'm just not going to do it. I could see Justin having a heart attack. Just, he's listening upstairs like, where's the dump button? I think that Ginger Justin, even if he had a heart attack, would have the calmest heart attack. He probably would. He'd be would. like, oh no. Yikes. My arm hurts. Uh, my arm hurts. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm like having some kind of a thing. I, you know what? Guys, I'm gone. Boom. And they're gone. <laughs> like Justin would be the But he'd be running most a chill. remote broadcast while he was doing a heart <laughs> exactly. attack. While he had a heart attack. All right. So you've got one more story for News It or Lose It. I do. And you are friends with some of your exes, right? I, it doesn't seem like you have animosity towards your exes. You're one of those people who uh, I'm f- lets bygones be bygones. I'm friends with, in varying, to varying degrees, with all of my exes, yeah. To very okay, so there's no one that you're like, I hate this person. I'm never gonna text them again. I had one ex who it took us three years to get there, but um, even we're good now. Okay, yeah. Well, here are a few rules according to experts on when you can text your ex, when you can text, and when you can't. You, you okay over there? Yeah. Okay. Just trying to merge the words together didn't work. <laughs> Okay, so the first one is Oh, that, that was a merging of X and text? Yeah. It's kind of difficult when, you when the text. word's there in the middle. 
So you shouldn't wait too long after the breakup to text your ex. That's the first one. You shouldn't wait long? You shouldn't wait too long. Mm. Because if you are going to have a sort of a friendship or at least remain acquaintances at the very least, this expert says that it's going to get awkward if you break up and then you never text that person or check in. Then it's going to open up this whole like, uh, well, I guess we're just not talking now. Should I text this person? Mm-hmm. I don't really know what to do. So this is what you shouldn't wait too long because that would create awkwardness. Instead, it's best to build a nice and immediate bridge between the relationship and the friendship. So you want to kind of, OK, we've broken up, but let's start friendship texting. Mm-hmm. But then that being said, immediately after, you don't want to be like two hours later, like, I miss you. You know, <laughs> oh, my God, you're my world. So there's a, a window there yeah that makes sense i've i've had that experience before with exes where like we've broken up and it's been fine and it's like you want to hang out or like you want to come to a party or you know what i mean like and been able to just like be chill i've had other exes where it's been like i don't need to talk to you for a long time so when you're asking them to hang out immediately afterwards wouldn't that send a mixed signal or you guys are both under the impression that it's a friendship platonic hangout yeah I, it just depends on the ex because like i've had exes who i we've broken up it's been clear to me like i don't think i actually would have been friends with this person yeah if i was like i actually don't them. enjoy just hanging out with you yeah. without the sex whereas other ones it's like oh you know what i would like to be friends with this person or or i was friends with this person um so i think you have to be really clear about that though in that in that interaction the other time you can text an ex or text is <laughs> When there's a special like occasion. Like falling off your seat. Yeah. <laughs> you can text each other on special occasions or on birthdays, things like that. Mm. When friends text each other on their birthdays, or friends text each other on their birthdays, so why shouldn't you and your ex? If you're still friendly with your ex, you can absolutely text them on a birthday, on a holiday, or if there's a life change, like mm-hmm. say their a, their parent dies or mm. a grandparent or somebody that you actually knew, that's a, to another time where it's okay to reach out. Yeah, I would agree with that. When somebody else goes into a new relationship, this is, I guess, a little bit of a touchy subject. It says here that it's not a, it's it's not to say that you can't be friends with another person while one or both of you is in a relationship, but you should give each new relationship time to develop on its own before you continuously reach out to like be friends and hang out. It's um, difficult to establish trust with somebody if uh, with someone new if you are still in a if you're in constant contact with your ex. So if you are about to get into a new relationship and you are constantly texting with a fr- with an ex, that might pose problematic for you. Yeah. So you might want to take a little breaky break before oh, you breaky resume. Break. And then finally, this is when not to text your ex. First thing in the morning or late at night. Mm-hmm. Texting your ex in the morning or late at night is something that I would not advise, according to this expert, not unless you have a really strong post-relationship friendship, because good morning texts or late night texts, they typically suggest that you share a more meaningful relationship. If you're, it's like, I'm thinking of you as soon as I wake up Mm -hmm. and I'm going to text you, that indicates that there's some sort of romanticism there, or at least indicating that there used to be. Absolutely. So that can be very confusing if you're like, it's 3 a.m., what are you doing? Hey, it's 10.30, good night. Like, don't do that. Yeah. That's really mixed signally. Yeah. Unless my dad died, then you can text me because then, then that's the life of it. <laughs> I guess those are the rules. Yeah, those are the rules. You have to live by these. We'll post these on Twitter at DTS Show. More on deck. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. 
Drop the subject to new Channel Q. So. Jarrett. Yes. I have some breaking news for you. I know that you just came up with whatever this is, so I'm nervous. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> what is it? You're pregnant. This is I'm <laughs> I'm pregnant. No. I read this morning and I think this is breaking gay news. Uh-oh. I don't know if you heard about this, but the LGBTQ plus community is gonna want to race to get these tickets because they have just announced that the Devil Wears Prada, the musical Are you serious? Is coming out. To Broadway. No, you're not serious. I'm serious. You're making this I'm up. I'm not making this up. You're I, a liar and the truth is not in it. I, <laughs> I mean, that's partly true. But <laughs> this is, I swear, true. It is, let's see, hold on, let me look it up because Devil Wears Prada and it's all going to be music from Elton John. Let me see. I well, first of all, popular the- book, The Devil Wears Prada, evolves into its final form, which is a musical. The Chicago I... Tribune reports that John Elton John's melodious take on Miranda Priestly and Anne Hathaway's extremely era-specific high fashion outfits will premiere on July 14th, 2020. Gays, get your tickets okay, now. So here's the thing. The Devil Wears Water is one of my favorite movies ever. I agree. Elton John has done a good job of like he is the one that did all the music for the lion king and adapted that for for broadway and did a brilliant job with that i thought his movie uh rocket man didn't love it um that's what i heard yeah i i thought i remember you know how you can say something and you hear yourself say it and you're like i recognize how ridiculous this sounds that movie was too fantastical even for Elton John. It was like... Well, sometimes when you're too biased, when you have too much riding on it, yeah. things get all messed up in your brain. So there, maybe this will go back to just his regular genius. There was so much fantasy, and I'm like, it's Elton John. Like, it's inherently fantasy. But it was like over the top with the fantasy for me. I just can't wait to see Emily Blunt get hit by a bus. <laughs> On on stage. I wonder how they're going to do that. You don't deserve it. You eat cobs. You eat cobs. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject. Allie Johnson, Jarrett Hill, and we are discussing prison rules off the air because we're about to talk about Felicity Huffman and how she's about to enter Club Fed, the very high-end luxury prison in Dublin where Heidi Fleiss and many, many celebrities have done a little bit of time. And I think that we might want to send her a little care package, but we have to figure out what we can send, what we can't send. We also have to get our care package for El Chapo figured out because we still have not done that. It's on the to-do list, and we need to figure out where to send it. Uh, I'm just looking at this list that we had from when we played Company Kitchen or Prison Commissary, and I realized we made a mistake. The Dreamies cream-filled cakes, those knockoff Twinkies that I gave you last week, those were supposed to go to El Chapo. Oh. So I don't know what the hell to do. Throw them up right now. I I will... That's right. I I couldn't remember if I was relieved that I didn't have to send him my cream-filled cakes or if I had to send him my cream-filled cakes. You also have to send him your chili and chicken-flavored spicy noodles. Yeah. So we I think there must was one do other that. Thing in there, so. But I don't know if Felicity Huffman would appreciate those things. My I mean, cream-filled cakes? Yeah, because El Chapo's going to be in there for the rest of his life. Felicity Huffman, she's only got 14 days on her hands, and then so, who knows what's going to happen with, you know, good behavior. Yeah. 
Is it going to be forty eight hours? I'm, I'm, I'm. We have to figure out. I want to find like an expert who can tell us like what can be sent to someone in prison and what can't be. We're going to work on that. So, or yeah. what can we hide in a cream filled cake? No, we don't want to get in trouble. We want it to be something that, that will actually get to them. Oh, come on. I love getting in trouble. Okay. There okay. we go. Well, Heidi Fleiss has some words for Felicity Huffman, or rather some advice. She did three years at Dublin Federal Prison from 1997 to 2000, of course, as, for being a madam. As does uh, Abby Lee Miller also has some advice for Felicity Huffman. She did eight months in prison, um, not at the same prison, but she was in jail for eight months for uh, for bankruptcy fraud. Oh man! The, See, that's that's a Abby lame Miller, one. Abby Lee Miller's from Dance Moms. If you're not familiar, she's the the. <laughs> She's the whip-cracking dance instructor. Yeah. I never watched that show, but I always saw her in the trailers, and I was like, she looks awful. I was at a party, and she was there. Uh, oh, it was a, it was God. Like, it was around a pool, and like it was a it was a, a, a network party, and I think it was for Lifetime, yeah. And she was uh, she was there like in, a, in an electric wheelchair, kind of like moving around. It was a, it was a thing. Oh, Lord. That yeah. sounds like a fun party. I'm so <laughs> sad I missed it. It was good food. Well, Heidi Fleiss, who is 56 going on 90, I didn't realize she was only 50. <laughs> 56 years old because she looks awful. Well, but like Heidi Fleiss she's has been, been around forever. Oh yeah, she she's really been ridden hard and put up wet. Okay, so she you know said I'm leaving. to Felicity Huffman, two weeks is nothing. She'll be just fine. I'm sure she's prepared for films that were much harder. This will make her a little bit more interesting now that she's a convicted felon. Mm, listen. <laughs> Which is true. You know, Martha yeah. Stewart, everyone was like, whoa, she's going to prison. And now they're like, ah, Martha Stewart went to prison. Remember well, that? Yeah, Martha Stewart came out and uh, has a whole other career. Yeah. So she said, I didn't have an easy. I wound up being sent to a big prison across the street for a while. I still don't know if that was partly because of the nature I was arrested for or partly my own fault, but I'm grateful now for it all. She said, my first day there, this really attractive officer showed her around and there were other inmates who asked, do you need coffee, tennis shoes? Do you need toothpaste? Everyone was so nice. So speaking of the first day, Abby Lee Miller says the first day going in is the most stressful of them all. Um, She says after that, uh, she'll be sent to a big, huge room with bunk beds in order to acclimate to prison life. Oh. So, like, I've, if she's getting advice about how this is going to start out. It's going to be fine. It's going to be a difficult time. But you're going to get through this. You're going for 14 days. Chill out. It's really funny how the dance moms lady and Heidi Fleiss are giving, like, like another piece of the advice is, my first day at orientation, I remember panicking because I have never mopped before. I grew up with housekeepers, so I didn't know what to do with a squeegee. Oh but now, God. trust me, I can clean everything. So those are the kind of things they're learning versus well, the, a list that I'm looking at from actual prisoners. Well, hold says, that like, because... Here's how to make a shiv and get strong. Well, it says, <laughs> uh, Abby Lee Miller says, she's not going to get a job because she's not going to be there long enough. She's not going to learn how to be a plumber or how to do HVAC. She's not going to need to learn a trade. She's not going to be there that long. She's like, I was just getting good at poker. Yeah. Damn it. (laughs) What else did Heidi Flies have to say? Uh, Let's see. She said, in those, uh, she, so she got in an altercation. She said, just because it's called Club Fed doesn't mean that it doesn't have its problems. It can be a little rough in there. Flies remembered one time she got into an altercation with another inmate where she freaked out and she hit the woman with a folding chair. Well, Miller says She got sent to solitary. Miller says that she was mistreated by the guards because of her celebrity status. Uh, according to this article in Huffington Post, she claimed that they dumped her belongings out of her locker and pulled her eyelash extensions out. <laughs> Among other things, the Federal Bureau of Prisons declined to comment on, oh, on, no. on those allegations. Yeah. Well, they probably said you can't have these. But, well, I'm guessing. 
Uh, she said, uh, when uh, Heidi Fleiss said when she hit that woman in, with the chair, she said, in those few minutes with other inmates around you, you were just frustrated and you don't know what to do. And I didn't want to be the camp bitch, so I panicked and I reacted. The camp bitch. I mean, that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, Listen. you know, everyone's saying, oh, you know, it's not that long, but a lot can happen in two weeks. It's going to be a freaking vagina museum in there. So Abby Lee Miller told and her. I will be there <laughs> buying a ticket. Uh, Abby Lee Miller predicted that the scandal and prison stint would not damage Huffman's career suggesting that she could make a huge movie out of it. Miller's own post-prison life involved working on a new scripted show. Um, according to uh, according to the article, she was working on another a series after she came out of jail. Well, it looks like, according to one of the lists of actual prisoners that have been in like really, really tough jails, their biggest piece of advice is to make your bed. And this is nice because some of these celebrities, they don't have to do any of these household chores. And I think really that's what they're learning. They're learning how to mop. They're learning how to make their beds. They're learning how to do all the things around the house that they've had housekeepers do for many, many years. So they're going to have to realize what it's like to be the 99%. There you well, I, I can't help but think about Lynn Scavo. <laughs> like Felicia, I mean, Felicity Huffman's character from Desperate Housewives. Ah. She lived a difficult life as a housewife. Uh, maybe the same thing in prison. It's going to be a, des- yeah, definitely a, a desperate de- inmate. A desperate inmate. There you go. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. The fun continues on Drop the Subject with Allie and Jarrett. And we are about to get into a game I'm very excited about. I have not really looked at this list. I told you I took a gander yesterday. I've already completely forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I, I promise. <laughs> this is what we're going to play. The game is called Guess That Ghost Rider. And... Here's how it works. There are several songs, believe it or not, where the artist that is singing the song didn't actually write the song. Even Taylor Swift. (laughs) I know it's crazy to think, but... Jarrett found this list yesterday of uh, of, of well, hit songs that sh- were not written by the artist, contrary to pop- popular belief. Shout out to producer Emmy for finding this list. Okay, yes, Emmy yeah. found the list, and Jarrett and has I'm, taken the, all the credit. Yes, obviously, I, I I literally just credited her. <laughs> but there's nothing. If there's nothing I can ever be accused of, it's plagiarizing or stealing some information. That from is true. Else. You do have to be careful with that. Yes. So here's the catch, though. You're not just going to read the list. Ginger Justin has also come up with a few songs to throw me off. Yes. And you're going to, what, give mix me a... Mix them in there. You're, we're going to mix them in there, so, so you're going to give me a song and a title, and I have to guess if the artist wrote it or not. Exactly. So I'm going to uh, give you a title and artist. Justin's going to play the song, and you have to tell me whether or not they did. We'll hear a little bit of the song. Maybe that'll be helpful. I don't know if it will or not. Um, but uh, you ready to get started? I'm ready. Um, we've been playing that batch game music, which always just feels like. <laughs> Is that my first one? No. I think that the artist wrote it. Yes, Match Game did write that it song. Was... I, don't, I don't even know what that means. Um, okay, Justin, the first song is from Justin Bieber. It's called Love Yourself. Here it is. Ah, yes, I know it well. I love this song. It's a great song. We play it on the station. We play, I think they play it on every station. I remember when this song came out thinking like, this was actually a really strong album from him and this was a really good song. But did he write it? Well, I think that he did write it because this is about his ex, Selena Gomez, or something, right? This is when he was coming, right after the breakup. Yeah, and I remember listening to the song and being like, oh, wow, that's such big shade thrown. Yeah. And then I think she wrote a song about him, about the whiskey. 
So you're voting. He did write this. Yes. You're absolutely wrong. Damn it! The song was what written. What the hell? I feel so. I feel so taken advantage of. I well, I get that. Uh, this was written by Ed Sheeran. Um, before oh. Ed Sheeran really started becoming a thing. Um, Ed before? Sheeran wrote this. Well, you know, Ed Sheeran didn't have music out at this point. He wasn't an artist, I don't think, at that time. I think he came out like a, maybe a year or two later. Um, but yeah, Ed Sheeran wrote that song. So the next song um, is by Beyonce and it's called Irreplaceable. I could have another you in a minute. This is just Alley karaoke. Okay, I'm going to go ahead. I know you want me to say yes, because there's no way that Beyonce doesn't write her own music, but I'm going to say there's she... There's plenty of songs Beyonce didn't write. Really? Yeah. What about Crazy in Love? Um, I don't know. If what she, about I, Drunk in Love? I don't know who wrote What about this? All Your Love? I'm just making okay. stuff up now. I don't think she wrote it. You don't think she wrote it? Nope. Interesting why. I have no reason. <laughs> I thought, I think because my stoner brain thought for a second this was from the Dreamgirls soundtrack. Is no. it? No, it's not. That's that box to the left. Lord. Box to the left. <laughs> wow. To the left, to the left. Yeah. Everything you own in a box to the left. Hey, the buzzword for me is box. Okay. <laughs> of course it is. Your it vagina is. museum. Um, yeah, you're correct. <laughs> Calling someone a vagina museum is my new favorite insult. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, shut up, I, you I don't know if that's museum. like slut shamey or not, but we'll go with it. I love um, it. Irreplaceable was actually written by Neo. Oh, yeah, okay. That was a, a big song for him. Um, okay, the next one comes from oh, Megan Trainer. It does bother me a little bit that a dude wrote it, but that's okay. Well, I mean, I love that a guy wrote that about another trash guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, true. Um, maybe he okay. wrote about himself. Maybe, actually. It's low key. Maybe Neo's trash. Um, Megan Trainer's All About That Bass. Oh, because God. you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I am certain she did not write this. Okay. And I also think when somebody presented her with this song, did she get offended? Mm, interesting, okay. So I'm you write this song for you about big girls. Yes. Okay. So you are certain that Megan Trainer did not write this song, and you are certainly wrong. What? Who else would write that song for her but her? Like, that's a very personal... I don't know. Maybe Neo. Well, <laughs> fair enough. Ed Sheeran actually wrote this song. No. Uh, Megan Trainer. <laughs> you got fatty. Here's a song. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Megan Trainer actually did write all about that bass. Um, so she writes her own music? She's somebody that I really thought did not write her own I music. I think Megan Trainer actually she's writes other people's music, too. Yeah. She's yeah. a songwriter? She's a songwriter, and she's. I, I think she has written like a lot of other people's music, and huh. that's how she became an artist, if I'm not mistaken. Huh. How yeah. Sia of her. Okay. Um, up, okay. Uh, okay, up, I know. Up next. Oh, I actually learned what's wrong with my voice. A whole other show. We'll talk about that another time. All right. Um, okay. Rihanna's Diamonds. I mean, it's her one of her biggest all-time hits. Everyone worships her because of this song. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say she wrote it. Okay. Um, any reason? Because it was her biggest? Yeah, I just feel like because it was her biggest hit and because people are so obsessed with the song and with her because of the song, I feel mm-hmm. like it'd be a real shame if she didn't write it. Well, it's funny. Um, you just said how Sia of Megan Trainer. Sia wrote this song. Ah, You're wrong. Oh, wait. I knew that. Oh, <laughs> damn. Yes. Songwriter Sia wrote this. Um, it says all the money Sia has in the bank thanks to writing Rihanna's Diamonds. The devil works hard, but Sia works harder. Yeah. And she, when you hear that song and know that, see, I did know that. See, that's my stoner memory. There you go. Um, when I 
when you know that and then you listen to the song again, you're like, no, that does sound like a Sia song, 100%. There you go. Um, Billy Eilish. <laughs> Billie Eilish has a song called Bad Guy that we play a lot on this station. Hmm, I'm not sure what that sounds like. Have you heard this? Wow. Oh, what a new jam. Right. No, I, I know you're not really familiar. Um, but She's if you a can, bad guy. I'm going to say she had to have written this. You think so? I hope to God. Why do you think that? Because she's a new artist and I would imagine that she wrote her whole album and that's why this is popular. Interesting. Okay. Well, she didn't. I'm sorry to tell you. What? She did write it. Actually. Okay, thank God. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, I think Billie Eilish writes most of her stuff, but I don't know why I think that. Because I, I literally just know like the songs I've heard on. Cue. I guess I just feel like her songs are kind of unassuming or like underplayed. So yeah. I would assume that she wrote them versus like if somebody else wrote the song, yeah. like Sia or Ed Sheeran or something, it would be like a bigger more like catchy fancy song i get that okay um justin timberlake i think this was the first song from his second album it's called sexy back mm. you gotta bop to this sexy back is not something i have and i'm going to guess you got back knee i do i've got back knee i've got back fat i've got back, all back lord got all the stuff got a, i think i have a hunch now okay so i'm gonna go ahead and say this is a tough one mm-hmm. uh, this was a great album it was and i know that he writes some stuff but he's also used to not he's used to singing stuff that he did not write because of InSync. I'm going to say no, he didn't write it. I'm sorry, you're wrong. What? He did write that song. He brought sexy back? He did bring sexy back. But we're going to take a quick break. <gasps> when we come back, another Justin Timberlake hit. Did he write it or did he not? More of Guess Please the Ghostwriter. Please be bye-bye-bye. <laughs> More Guess the Ghostwriter coming up next on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the Subject with Allie and Jarrett, and we are smack dab in the middle of Guess That Ghostwriter. Artists, you know, they come out with these hit songs, and you just bop along thinking nothing of it, and then suddenly you realize when the Grammys happen, the best original song person comes up that you've never seen before. It's just some lady in a vest and you're like who the hell's this and that's the person who actually wrote the song why so does she have to be a lesbian she, i never said she was a lesbian that's what you just said she's just a, a big vagina a museum oh, i love it <laughs> so i have i don't think i have a very good track record so far i just lost on the last one which was a justin timberlake song by the name of sexy back i said that he did not write it apparently he did and now you're we're jumping into another justin timberlake jam mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this one Another another jam from Justin Timberlake. It's Rock Your Body. Ah. Well, I know you want me to say that he wrote this. I don't want you to say anything. You want me to say that. I can see it in your eyes. He wrote it. Uh, Damn it. Sorry, that one was written by Pharrell or For Real. <laughs> I love how they do that. It's yes, so that was written by Pharrell. It's ri- written by another famous, another big artist. Yeah, yeah like well, it's not just because a lot lady of in a vest. A lot of artists come from songwriting, so like they write a lot of songs for other people, and then they end up, you know, having their own careers. Yeah, like Jack Antonoff from the Bleachers. He wrote That's a bunch. What I was of, gonna say, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do you know about him? <laughs> Never heard of that name. He in my life. was uh, with I've Lena heard Jack Dun- Antonoff Dun- Dunham for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he is like a famous songwriter, but now he has his own band. But he 
and his songs are awesome. But yeah. you're like, where did this guy come from? And he's like been around for a long time writing right. Britney Spears songs and all this other stuff. Nice. Okay. Up next, Kelly Clarkson, no. who is known for like anthems. I remember back in the 2000s, every song was like 2000s? a- 2000s? Like the early 2000s, <laughs> 2000 to 2010. Um, Rachel Maddow always refers to them as 2000s. I'm like, I think that's what it's officially yeah, called. I love that. This song is Breakaway. This is, I always picture some drunk lady singing this at karaoke. This is, I mean, Kelly Clarkson for a, a stretch there, and still even now, like, has a lot of good anthemy, great karaoke, flying down the freeway with the, with the windows down kind of totally songs. Totally flying down the freeway Especially with the when you're, down. like, furious with your ex kind of songs. Yeah, this um, is definitely like a sunroof jam. Do you think she wrote this? No. You don't? Yes. Yes, you do, or yes, you don't? Yes, she wrote it. I'm sorry. Damn it! I should have stayed with my gut. Now, this one I, I was surprised by. The person who wrote this song is Avril Lavigne. Oh, it get, you know what? I Hearing can see her that. Say, yeah, I can yeah, totally see that. Totally with her skinny tie. And she would be wearing a vest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she would be wearing a vest. Avril Lavigne had some jams back in the day as well. Okay. Beyonce's, oh, this is probably one of my favorite songs of all time from Beyonce. It's Get Me Bodied. I think she definitely wrote this song. Little sweat and never hurt nobody. Okay, so you're pretty sure she wrote this song? Yes, I'm 100% sure. 100% sure? I'm 100, sorry, 101% sure. Well, I'm correct. The last name of the person who wrote this song is definitely Knowles, but it's not Beyonce. Is it Jay Z? Solange wrote this song. Oh. Jay Z's last name is not Knowles. No matter what people say. I don't know how Her sister Solange Knowles wrote that song. Didn't, dude, I, I just picture if they get married, then he would have to take her last name. They got married 10 years ago, <laughs> and she's Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. Okay, all right. Well, then I'm half right. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. I, <laughs> all right, last one. Justin Bieber, What Do You Mean? Oh, Lord. Hit it, Justin. What do you mean? I love this song, too. I do, This too. was such a good album. This is, this is like, an album I can I really like stand by with Justin music. Bieber. I think because the lyrics kind of suck, I'm going to say he wrote it. <laughs> it's such a good song. <laughs> it's a great song, but I don't think the lyrics are you good. You don't think it's lyrically strong? So that's strong. why I think that he wrote it. Well, it's good to end on a positive note. Yeah! Yes. But you're wrong. <laughs> Wait, I am? I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I was like, damn it. Yes, Justin Bieber did write What Do You Mean. Um, we don't have time for this last one, but you mentioned Britney Spears earlier. Um, did not write. She, she didn't write anything. She didn't know the song. Um, the song was Britney Spears' I'm a Slave for You. Do you think she wrote it or not? No. Pharrell wrote that song. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so far a long time ago. I know, right? We should yeah. just go through everything that everyone wrote for Britney Spears. I mean, <laughs> because Jesus. We'd I be here think, all day. Yeah, because she <laughs> yeah. didn't write anything. Yeah, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more Drop the Subject. Um, Donald Trump, still president of these here United States and uh, making some noise. We'll talk with Trump around next. He's screwing with our auto emissions. Oh, Jesus. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Really startled with that, didn't it? That was, I think I turned my headphones up too loud. That was very <laughs> jarring. If I had that new Apple Watch, it would have been letting me know that my hearing is being impaired. There you go. 
This is Drop the Subject with Allie and Jarrett. We're getting into Trump around because he has been trumping around all California the past two days. Uh, we've got many traffic alerts this morning in the Southern California region because he is leaving and he Great decided Lord. to leave during morning rush hour, which pissed off everyone. Uh, and I always, I mean, I'm stuck in traffic every single day for stupid reasons like that there's a bunch of rebar that spilled all over the freeway and there's like wild monkeys running around. Still all better than Trump being here. I was going to say, not sure that last one happened. Wild no, monkeys. there were a pack of wild dogs. Though. It is. It's also interesting to me. Fun fact about Donald Trump: Donald Trump doesn't like to stay overnight anywhere. Um, one of the things that happened on the campaign trail, they always talked about like he would always fly back home at night, no matter where he was in the country. Almost, Ooh. almost every time, like he would fly back to New York to, to fly home to sleep in his own bed. You know, I. I hate to say it, but I kind of agree with him. I mean, I, can't, I get I that. I hate spending the night at other places. I if also, it's a hotel, I will. Well, I mean, he would have been in a hotel, like wherever he does stay oh, over. He wouldn't be like couch surfing. I can, can you imagine Donald Trump is on your couch? Can I sleep on your couch? Like no. Jesus. Um, but uh, but it's it's interesting whenever he does stay overnight somewhere. I mean, it's obviously a long flight back to Washington, but well, you um, can also sleep on the plane. He probably has a whole bed on the yeah, plane. Yeah, it's not like, but you're, it's not home. You know what I mean? Home is where the horrible things are. Home is where Melania's sleeping across the hallway. Uh, <laughs> is she even that close? I was going to say, because you know they don't sleep. They It's been widely reported they don't sleep in the same room. Uh, okay, well, he's gotten a lot done while he was here. He had a fundraising dinner last night. He had another fundraiser this morning. And then on his way out, he was like, oh, by the way, I'm revoking California's federal waiver on emissions for autos. Uh, and that is basically going to screw up the environment. And so I guess Obama put in place all well, he allowed California to set their own standards for auto emissions. It was an environmental thing. Okay, you know, we're going to have different standards than the rest of the country. When you buy a car here, there's going to be different regulations than there would be in any of the other states. And it was kind of controversial because at the time, a lot of the automakers, a lot of the American automakers were going bankrupt and things like that. So Trump, of course, he's all about big business. He's not really about the big world that we live in and preserving it. So it's not really surprising, but he has revoked California's ability to set their own auto standards. And this also goes back to him against Gavin Newsom. I mean, they both hate each other. They're constantly trying to one up each other and they're kind of in this little pee match. Well, it's a it's a oh, because we can't say that word, can we? No, um, it's not. But I can't context. but I can't say that Donald Trump's being a dick. So he waited to <laughs> come to California to do this. Right. So this got announced uh, on Twitter today as he's leaving California. Yeah, it was like on the way out. He was like, Peace. Right, exactly. So it says he's revoking California's federal waiver on emissions in order to produce um, far less expensive cars for the consumer. So they can always like justify the reason that they're doing this, but like California has, I think, the highest auto emission standards in the country. Um, and so, and you know, that's had a major impact on like smog in the air. Like LA was notorious for having a gray sky. Um, and now we don't because We've done a lot of different things around emissions, um, not just with automobiles, but, you know, to, you know, improve air quality because well, going because outside used to be disgusting. It, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you're right. It has gotten better. But I've read studies saying, uh, 
even walking outside and taking a walk, with it, which they say is good for you. Yeah. Like, oh, get out there and exercise like throughout your day. Just go for a walk. Air. Yeah, but they're saying it's actually worse for you to get out of an air circulated building and go into the actual air. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. this is going to make all that worse um, because they're not allowed to set those standards. Really quickly, because we've got News It or Lose It coming up. Um, there's this whole whistleblower situation going on um, and it's, it's kind of spiraling out of control. I keep telling you guys like these are things to watch out for for when a democracy is falling apart. Um, the national acting national intelligence director Joseph McGuire refused on Tuesday to testify before Congress this week, and he won't immediately hand over a whistleblower complaint to lawmakers, um, according to the New York Times. Basically, someone has whistleblown and said that something is wrong with the way that the IRS is handling Donald Trump's taxes, and they came to the uh, the national intelligence director and said they like. They whistle blew on this. They said something's happening. It's not okay, um, and it seems to implicate the president. Well, there's a law that says within seven days it has to be reported to Congress to a very specific committee that's headed by Adam Schiff, um, the Intelligence Committee. They didn't do that. They didn't go to the, the committee and say like, "This is what the whistleblow was. This is so what again, happened." So again, they're just doing whatever the hell they want. Exactly. Exactly. We've got a whole lot more news that'll lose. It's coming up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. That's right. It's time for News It or Lose It. I've got five headlines. Allie's got five votes and a little dingy bell. And uh, (laughs) dingy bell. That didn't come across the way that I intended for it. No, I think it's better. All right, you ready? Yes. Number one, Florida couple attempted to have sex in cop car. Oh, I always love a good Florida story. Sure. (laughs) I saw a Florida couple and I was like, I'm in. Hmm? A convincing case that you may be cutting your pizza wrong. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I heard. I just heard my English teacher say wrongly. Um, Okay, these are the healthiest and unhealthiest U.S. cities. Sure. Okay. Creep busted for breaking into woman's home and watching her sleep. Damn it! I'm so pissed that you have this story because I was going to use it for gay gay cray cray. Oh, that means you like the story. It's fine. I mean, yeah, I want to hear about it, but I can we at least play for the audience a gay, gay, cray, cray version of this? Yes, for sure. Just give me the let's give the details before we do the gay, gay or cray, cray. Uh, okay. Okay. I don't know what you mean, but right. we'll talk about it in the break. Um, and then Miriam. Fine, we- forget it. <laughs> Miriam Webster adds the non non binary pronoun they to its dictionary. <gasps> Did you get a five for five? Five out of five, Whoa. bitches. That's right. <laughs> Batches. Batches. All right. All right, news it or lose it. Five for five coming up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. That's Allie. And this is News It or Lose It. Drop the Subject presents... Lose it or lose it. Okay, so as a general rule, we try not to just like read a whole article because, you know, that can be boring on the radio. This Florida couple attempted to have sex in the back of a police car 
It's just gold. Okay. Just I'm just going to give it to you. Yeah, all okay. Right. Just give this it to comes me from Huffington Post uh, uh, reporter David Moy. It says a Florida couple arrested for DUI has aroused attention uh. for what they allegedly did while in the police car waiting to go to jail. On Friday night, Nassau County. <laughs> oh, nice, Justin. Oh, yeah. We have our sounds back. Yeah, we got our sounds back. So We're very excited. Justin's very excited. He wants to add sounds to everything. On Friday night, Nassau County Sheriff's Deputy Mark Hunter pulled over two bicyclists who were riding around Ding. without their lights on and had most uh, almost been hit by a vehicle. There's going to be sounds everywhere, you guys, just so you know. Uh, the officer said both suspects later identified as 35-year-old Megan Mondanaro and 31-year-old Aaron Thomas smelled of alcohol and had bloodshot, watery eyes and slurred speech. Hunter said that after Thomas failed to failed some field sobriety tests and declined to do others, he was arrested. Mondanara was later taken into custody because she declined tests. Although both were handcuffed in the back of Hunter's police car, they apparently didn't let that minor detail stop them from appreciating the romance of the moment. It says, Hunter was outside of the car when both Thomas and Mondanaro took their clothes off and started to have sex. How did they take their clothes off? With handcuffs on. This is like some David Copperfield stuff. The officer said that when he opened the door to stop them, Thomas was naked and Mondanaro had her pants down where her vaginal area was visible. (laughs) He says, I also observed her bra was halfway off and her breasts were fully visible. Okay, that. If that's not a party trick, listen. I don't know what is. To be able to take someone's bra off with, with handcuffs, handcuffs on, on, like wildin'. I can't believe David Blaine got a DUI. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> if they, if this was David Blaine? He's like, I'm gonna levitate out of this cup, out of this, out of this whole situation. <laughs> Thank Justin. you, Ginger Justin. More <laughs> news that or lose it on the way. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. The idea of your heart being a ghost town, that, that's that got to be. So fun and spooky. I was going to say that. You need to talk to your doctor because yeah. that sounds like a problem. Um, welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. This is uh, this is Allie Johnson. Hello. Uh, Hi. Hello, Allie. Hi. Welcome. My heart is a ghost town. Um, my heart, ghost town. Um, one of the first stories uh, getting started for News It or Lose It is about pizza. So let's uh get into that. We've already played the music, right? Yep. We played well, the sort of lose it music. Yes, we did. Um so James Beard nominated chef Kathy Wims. Uh she has a restaurant in Seattle and she There's wait, wait. What? Can you just read that sentence again? James There's a James Beard, Beard woman named Kathy? James Beard nominated chef Kathy Wims. James Beard is like the the highest award that you can win in, in culinary. Oh cool. Yeah yeah. So, All right. And so um she uh, has been using scissors in her pizzeria and her Italian restaurant for cutting pizza. Okay. What? <laughs> so, story is getting so much gayer. What do you mean? Okay, James Beard winner Kathy uses scissors for pizza. What's so gay? Oh, because I said scissors. Sorry. I mean, chef. Is- chef. Yeah, we already talked about the new daddy. neutral daddy chef. I didn't realize how many landmines I had planted here. We chef well, use <laughs> those scissors on my pizza. I- <laughs> Scissor my pizza, yeah. Yeah. Okay. With your James Beard Award. You can't I just even said dump pizza. that. You did not dump move that. On, All right. On. You know what? I just said. I'm talking about using scissors to cut pizza. You can scissor pizza. I like Emmy better. <laughs> Emmy's my favorite producer. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Okay, so according to this article, it says in Rome, chefs use scissors or shears um, for pizza. I'll, I, I think it's Taglio. 
or by the cut. It says, in America, we favor pizza with uh, using uh, the pizza wheel. Slicing pizza with scissors seems strange to pizzeria customers, but it's actually quite utilitarian. Uh, Wim says, I think it makes it really easy for some pizzas. Fresh mozzarella on the pizza is kind of slippery on the tomato sauce. And if you're having to wrangle it uh, too much with a knife and a fork and toppings and all kinds of stuff, it can get really difficult. So they use scissors as they do in Italy. All right. But then what are they doing about the remnants? Because if you're cutting a piece of pizza with scissors, there's going to be cheese and mozzarella or cheese and sauce and all that crap in between the scissors. How do you keep your shears clean, your pizza shears? Listen, I don't have all the answers. I know you don't. I know Kathy, the beard winner, does. (laughs) She's nominated. Nominated. She She only got nominated. Exactly. But it's an honor just to be nominated. Oh, Lord. Um, I was thinking this would be good if you're doing like, you know, a cheese pizza or something really simple. But if you've got like a Supreme, you don't want to do this with with scissors. No, I'm not doing it with like olive slices and sausage and crap like that. My scissors, I'll never be able to cut paper. Well, well, that's interesting. She says... You like set me right up there. It says, uh, Wims recommends using scissors at home to slice pizza, especially if you're sharing with others and thinks a pair of office scissors works well. You don't need to buy food grade shears, she says. I think scissors that are adequate for cutting paper are adequate for pizza because it's a thin crust. It doesn't have to be a workhorse scissor. I have like really good, like heavy kitchen shears that I love. So I'm like, oh, I would tear You have kitchen shears? That's the gayest thing ever. I've, I've never even heard I of... I think a man sleeping with a man is the gayest thing ever. Okay, well, okay. They're kitchen scissors. Kitchen like shears are a close second. I, I'm a person who cooks a lot. What do you cut with the ch- kitchen shears? If I'm, like, making chicken, I'm cutting chicken, like, you use the kitchen shears. They're also, like, just good around the house. I have two pairs, like, one that's for the kitchen. You have for two the- pairs of kitchen shears. They're just scissors. <laughs> Yeah, but they're why are they? Ki- what makes them kitchen? They're they're from the kitchen part of the store. They're <laughs> made from KitchenAid. They're like. But are they the same scissors you'd find at Office Max, just put in the kitchen section? No, they're they're a little bit stronger. They're like for cutting through food and stuff like that. Because it's not for pizza. It's not for pizza. It's not for paper. It's it's for you know cutting through food products. And it's really great if you're like uh, cutting up vegetables. If you want them to be a little bit more quickly, like you can use the kitchen shears. Can you give me a pair? Yeah. I want your kitchen shears. You want my kitchen shears? Yeah. I'll bring you a pair of I'll kitchen be, shears. I'm gonna, I really want to try them. I'm going to hand you some scissors tomorrow, and you're going to be like, this is random. No. Okay. It's going to be like, oh, another day, another pair of scissors. Another day, another pair of kitchen shears. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> these are the healthiest and unhealthiest U.S. cities. Can you guess where, which coast has the healthier cities? <sighs> Well, talking about all this auto emission stuff makes me think that makes me think that it is the East Coast that is more polluted than the West Coast. Okay. I don't want to be coastist, <laughs> but because you can already hear Twitter lighting up. Yeah, and people in New York being like, "No, no, it's you." <laughs> is that I'm gonna. New, is that your New that's York my right? New York accent. Okay. You're welcome. I'm gonna say East Coast for sure, but has the healthier cities. No, no, no. Has the least healthy. Least healthy. Okay. Yeah, because I think LA is definitely going to be on the map. I think New York City is definitely going to be on the map. For healthy. For unhealthy. Okay. Because of the smog. Well, I will tell you that or, for... Go ahead. Are we doing healthy based on, like, fatness? Okay. Um, it's based on... Uh, it says... According to a study from Wallet Hub, San Francisco, blah, 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 uh, comparing 174 wow, cities. Wow, that is a well written article. <laughs> San Francisco, blah, blah. It says 174 <laughs> cities across four weighted dimensions healthcare, food, fitness, and green space. Oh, okay. 
health, health. Okay, so I think San Francisco is going to be one of the healthiest because okay. everybody walks there and everyone is like eating kale salads. I will tell you, um, San Francisco is on the list. It For is healthiest? The number one healthiest city in the country. I knew it. Number two is Seattle. Number three is San Diego. Number four is Portland. Four of the top cities are all on the West Coast. Um, number five is Washington, D.C. Number six is New York City. And then we come back to Denver for number seven. Um, the vast majority of these cities are on the West Coast, which is interesting. The most unhealthy cities are all in the South, actually. In the South. Which is not surprising. Yeah. You know, the South, they're known for like that rich food and uh, well, and, and also, also having like, difficulty with healthcare, to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's also humid there. And so when you're really the humid and sticky, you don't want to like do gross. anything. You're yeah. just like, I just want another mint julep. The most unhealthy cities, Brownsville, Texas is number one. Laredo, Laredo, Texas is number two. Gulfport, Mississippi is number three. Shreveport, Shreveport, Louisiana is number four. Uh, what was the first most? Uh, Brownsville and Laredo, Texas. Those two cities. All right. Well, what happens in Brownsville? It stays in Brownsville? Makes you unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> we got more news that are losing coming up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. We're about to get real meta here on Drop the Subject. Um, we're about to have a conversation about a story that happened in in uh, the, the, where a woman woke up to see someone standing over her. And we've removed all the program, pronouns because we're going to do this gay, gay, cray, cray style. Then we're going to talk about Merriam-Webster changing or adding they to the dictionary. So I've changed all the pronouns there. We're going to talk about that. And we just came out of Sam Smith, who just changed his pronouns to they, them. We're very meta around here. I love it. You were t- I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So I gave you this headline earlier. Creep busted for breaking into woman's home and watching her sleep. So we know that this is a woman who woke up in Utah. I'm going to read you the revised <laughs> oh, article. Already she's losing. All right. <laughs> hey, shout out to our, our listeners in Salt Lake uh, no, City. No, 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 I don't I... think there are any. Um <laughs> Tan France from from Salt Lake City. I don't know if that matters. <laughs> Tan France is from Salt well, Lake City. Well, he lives in Salt Lake City, but he does. He's not from there. He's obviously from. He Britain. lives in Salt Lake City. He does. Yeah. Is he Mormon? Yeah. He is. I believe he. Grew, I think he's Mormon. Yeah, but he lives in Salt Lake City. I don't. I'm not positive that he's Mormon, but I'm pretty sure. Everyone in Salt Lake City is hot. Prove I mean, me listen. Wrong. There's some hot Mormons out there. I'm not there mad really at it. are. They're so hot. There's like three black people, but anyway, okay. No, that's true. Three black Mormons since the 1970s. Anyway, my three black Mormons. That'd be a great show. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the revised article. Okay, <clears throat> a Utah person was arrested for allegedly breaking into a woman's home and watching her sleep. Jones is the person's last name. 27 was charged with burglary and criminal mischief for the awkward intrusion that took place at about 2 a.m. on Sunday. The startled homeowner froze when she awoke to Jones looking directly at her. The victim eventually asked Jones what she was doing and uh, left her bed to check on her son who happened to know Jones. When the family returned to the bedroom, Jones was was allegedly poking through the woman's closet with a cell phone flashlight. The son eventually escorted Jones outside. Jones was later caught by cops. Jones claimed to authorities that somebody inside the house let them in, but the person they named does not live there. Oh, I thought you were going to say does not exist or died 400 years ago. There you go. That would have been really exciting. Woo! Well, obviously, I'm going to think that this is a guy breaking into a woman's home because 
creepers be like that? Well, this is a Utah creeper, though, so you never know. <laughs> I don't, you, we, that Utah. is true. And this is that rides that line where, you know, if this was like a breakup or even if it was somebody that you were kind of interested in, someone watching you sleep is very adorable, but not in this case. It's, this case, it's There's creepy. a fine line, because like, if you wake up and your partner's looking at you and they're like, oh, oh I was just God. watching you sleep, or you're like, what is what are wrong you doing? with it? <laughs> exactly. Especially if you're like drooling with your mouth open. You're like, watch what something are you else. Doing? Exactly. Get away from me, yeah. you weirdo. Streaming is on for a reason now. <laughs> you have better things you... to be watching than me sleep. I love the idea of waking up and your first moment, your first like thought is, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Stop looking at me. So what do you think? Is this gay gay or is it cray cray? Well, I know the answer. Do you? That's a long pause for radio. <laughs> I know that this is a lady. Really? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. You're absolutely right. Yes! She looks crazy. She does look crazy. (laughs) And this is why I I had looked at this story. I think Emmy sent this one. Oh, you looked at it already, you cheater? Well, no, I told you that. I I said you you gave me the headline, and I was like, damn, I wanted to use this for Gay Gay Cray Cray, because when I clicked on the story, I was like, wait, this is a woman? And now it's crazy. That is really amazing. I mean, that takes some dedication. But you also have to wonder if she's looking through the closet with a cell phone flashlight, like, is it because she's, she's pervy like, or is it because she's like, I wanted to borrow this top? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. She was like, oh my God, I love your shoes. Yeah, like you <laughs> you had my shoes. Exactly. Okay, you borrowed them and then the old ghost man let me in. Well, very quickly, uh, Merriam-Webster has added the non-binary pronoun they to its dictionary. Uh, this article comes from CNN. It says Miriam Webster announced on Tuesday that the word they can be used to refer to a single person whose gender identity is non-binary along with three other separate definitions. So that's a pretty cool uh, piece of advancement yeah, for the LGBTQ community. They was in the dictionary before. Correct. But they've expanded. They've done, you know, where there's like one definition, two definition, three definitions. So they added one for pronouns, they right? Added, they added this, yeah. So Miriam um, Webster uses the word in a sentence as an example. I knew certain things about the person I was interviewing they adopt they had adopted their gender oh god here we go <laughs> you're these, giving up I was gonna say you know oh, these, these examples are always like what is going on I here? know I feel like they make it a word problem when they really don't need to yeah they say Merriam Webster acknowledges that they consistently has been used as a singular pronoun since the late 1300s what while adopting the pronoun as a non-binary <gasps> description is vastly preferable for some they say that there has also been some some debate um, that is ungrammatical. That's yeah. interesting. And they said could be one person or many people. Well, because you know, a lot of like people in the closet don't want to use a pronoun when they're talking about their same-sex lover, and they'll say they or them or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. All right, we'll be right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Jared Hill, Ali Johnson, getting ready to get out of here. I want to remind you about the Life is Beautiful pool party series happening this weekend at the downtown Grand Casino and Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. If you want to go, you still can. Go to our website, wearechannelq.com, for more information on how you can party with Jay and Michaela from The Morning Beat. They're going to be there starting on Friday. Um, they're doing a live show from on Friday and again on Monday, and then actually from the pool party on Sunday. So that'll be pretty cool. And I'm just going to go ahead and say they'll buy the first round of shots. They're not here to say otherwise. 
Um, I think Jay did agree to that. Really? No. Damn it. Uh, um, but yeah, so make sure to go to wearechannelq.com for more information on how you can participate in the Life is Beautiful pool party series. So it's time that we uh, we do our, our favorite farewell here. And we, we have it, the sound. We've got the actual sound for the happy ending. Aww. There it is. This is a happy ending. I've been waiting for this music for a solid week. Mm. And this really gets me in the mood because there are some sad things that we cover on this show and it's important that we take those things, slap a little silver lining on them and you give them right back to you. Take it right into the rest of your day. My cheeks are hurting from listening to you smile so hard. My cheeks hurt. <laughs> What's your happy ending there, Jarrett? Um, you know, I think this is probably one of my best. Really? No. It looks half written. <laughs> I literally it is. you were still writing as I asked well, you. Well, Justin was writing right now too. We do you were, want me to go to Ginger Justin we, first? Well, we all said that we were like, oh, this is a hard I one. I got mine. You got yours? Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll go then. Okay. Here's my happy ending. Sure, Donald Trump is trying to control our auto emissions in California. He's being a real vagina museum. <laughs> they can take our aut, but the silver lining here, the happy ending here, is that he can take our auto emissions, but he can never take our personal emissions. I have control over my own emissions, my body, my emissions, and they will not be regulated. They You're really just rambling here at this point. <laughs> belong in a vagina museum. All right, I'm done. I, I'm kind of surprised that that's where yours went. Um, well, my other one was going to be uh, when in Rome, scissor me pizza, but that doesn't really have a happy ending. So it's just kind of a blank statement. Both of yours came together with mine. We may be cutting our pizzas wrong, but look at the bright side. There's now no debate on the right way to cut the cheese. See what I did? Fart joke. I like that. Thank you. There's no fart sound in the machine. I so. love that you tried to make one. You know. I thought you were at least going to do a badoom chew. Badoom No badoom chew? Justin. Thanks, Justin. He's dialing You're it up. You're a real disappointment. <laughs> Just, Speaking Justin. of disappointments, what's your happy... Ah, there we go. What's your happy ending? 25 minutes later. Uh, sure, Allie sucked at guess that guest writer... Or, sorry. Ghostwriter. I'm going to start over. Uh, sure, Allie sucked at guess that ghostwriter, but at least we found out that she's still bringing sexy back knee. Oh, I am. you've got the back knee. Yes. I'm bringing sexy, sexy back knee. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a what a delightful oh, way to end Oh, you should see session. my dance to it. I choreographed it no, myself. Shake, 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 shake. I, I get shake. the feeling there's a Seinfeld reference coming up here any moment. <laughs> but we're out of time, unfortunately. Oh, no. Uh, Allie good- was about to dance. <laughs> You're about to shimmy right out of here I so, that I don't, exactly. so that I don't do that in front of you. But you know what? Good news. If you are just tuning in, you missed a lot and you can get all caught up if you download the podcast at Drop the Subject wherever you find your podcasts on Apple Music and beyond. And you can also follow the show. It lives on on social media at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. Tomorrow, Gay Gay Cray Cray. We're also going to p- talk about what the most annoying type of phone user is. Oh, my God. We'll settle that debate finally. I cannot wait. Yes. And uh, lots more on deck. So we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new live show. I think so. We'll see you then. On the, ne- on the next. Drop the subject. On the next show, who's the most annoying phone user ever? Is it that person who never leaves their phone on vibrate? Is it the person who texts while walking? Is it the person who laughs at a text really hard in front of you, but then they won't say what they're laughing about? And you're like, why are you laughing? Is this about me? Is this about my dandruff or my muffin top or the fact that I can't digest raw vegetables? It's genetic! Drop the subject. 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern. On the new Channel Q.